right, brother, we're here. Do you want to use your uh do you want to give me your full government name or just Neil? Neil fucks it up. What do you what do you go by, dude? Uh Neil Chakrabarty. Uh I go by Neil Fuck Shit Up 710 on Instagram. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, post that. I'm gonna post that on my uh IG later right. on after this. So uh, what's up, dude? Uh you uh what happened to your cat? You lost your pussy? Uh dude, fucking I was replying to a text and putting my shoes on with the door open and like a dumbass she was sitting there and she darted out so i have the door open right now and cat food and stuff and like i had the neighbor sit here all day with the door open and she didn't come back by she did this like so our neighbors uh our corner neighbors moved out in october and she was an outdoor cat for about two weeks because they abandoned her um so we got her, um, I'd say, uh, we'd had her like maybe a week and I was doing laundry going in and out of my bedroom because our laundry room's on our patio and she got out, uh, like a week after getting her and she came back like a day and a half later. So I feel like hopefully when she gets bored or tired, she's going to find her way back here and, uh, hopefully the fucking apartment complex doesn't have any raccoon traps or anything set out um if they do i'm gonna go look, walk well, those wouldn't those wouldn't like, kill her though right just the raccoon no, traps no. will just catch it it'd just be a cage but either way she uh she had a collar with the phone number on it so unless she slipped her collar it has our phone number on it so if she got in a cage that should be Dude, all right hopefully <laughs> that that's one thing that honestly i've always known about you since i met you that i love about you is that you love fucking animals, dude? I mean, you don't love fucking animals. <laughs> you, yeah. lo- you you love animals. Yeah. So yeah. Re- regardless of people think you're fucking crazy or a fucking satanic guy, you got fucking tats on your face and all this shit, um, dude. You love at- yeah, you love animals. And guess what? Anyone who loves animals, dude, is a fucking good person in my book. No matter what you do. I'm babysitting. Oh, that's a cute dog. What is that? A little lab? Uh, he looks like a little lab, but he's actually like I think like a Chihuahua Dachshund mix. But he's he's like fully grown. He's uh, like uh like maybe three. Um, so he's not gonna get any bigger. Yeah, dude, it's good to see you, man. It's been a long time. Yeah, dude. Fucking Everything's cold. good with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like. I loved working with you, but working at that bar was like a drain on my soul and fucking, it was awful. Just a, lot, a lot of people say that. Just the people that came in there and like the energy from the management. Um, it's just like all they gave a fuck about was the bottom line. They didn't really seem to give a shit about any of the employees. Um, so, and when I have a job where my boss like actually gives a fuck about me and my well-being and like my family and shit like that i'll fucking go to the ends of the earth for them but when i have a boss who obviously only gives a fuck about their themselves their family and their bottom line then i will not do much of shit for them because fuck them you know like it's not supposed to be us versus them it's supposed to be like all of us working together as a team i don't give a fuck if you write the checks if you're scrubbing toilets everyone deserves the same amount of respect no yeah, what dude, dude, I've been working at a strip club for uh, the past three, four months. And uh, you said fuck that place too? Yeah, pretty much, after, dude. After like yeah. 15 years? No, 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 no. I've been, I've, been a, I've been at a strip club 
for the uh, past three months working at a strip club in Long Beach just to make extra money, you know, because the pandemic. Oh, look, on top of that. Yeah, 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 on top of that. Oh, okay. And this guy's, dude, this guy's just, just what you said, bro. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck if you make tips. All He, he told me all he's there to do is provide minimum wage to whoever works there. If you get tips, good for you. Happy birthday. But don't go out of your way to, you know, be nice to people or try to get extra tips. I'm like, dude, are you serious? Like, the guy's making thousands and thousands a night. So, you know, he only gives a fuck about himself. Like, like everyone else. You know what I mean? It's few and far between where you can find a good fucking boss who really is genuine and gives a fuck about you, you know? Yeah. Right now I got two decent bosses. So let's hope it stays that way. Actually... One of the places I work at, I have two bosses, so I have three decent bosses technically right now. Um, what uh, what shop are you working at? Um, so I work uh, at a gallery in uh, Orange County called Two Sided Gallery. It's art, glass, and collectibles. Uh, it's open six days a week from eleven to eight, close on Sundays, and then there are shows lined up. Uh, till the end of the year, we have a show in, yeah, like from June on once a month till the end of the year. And this is our, uh, like we had our soft opening in November. In January, we had our first show. We had our second show at the very beginning of April. Um, so we've got two shows and our soft opening under our belt. Um, and then, uh, so we've got yeah, so the artist, I don't know if it'll, it'll mean anything to you, but the first artist we had, his name's Darby. He's been blowing glass forever. Um, he's an OG, and his pieces are very expensive and very sought after. Everyone who has pieces at our gallery, they're not cheap. Um, like the last show we had, the cheapest piece, like functional piece, was like $23,000. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and is it all just for dabbing or for hookah or for well like, most of it first uh for dabbing uh canvas concentrates like they usually smoke like high-end hash or rosin out of it um but uh there are some non-functional things and of course there's like also art and toys and collectibles and other things there too it's not just glass but the glass is usually the most expensive stuff but we have like a couple of toys there that are expensive fuck too like a few thousand dollars but no, no toys that range over the ten thousand dollar range. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the uh, what's the difference between um, dabs and hash? So, when you take the plant and you wash it, and the the trichomes like wash off uh, in in certain bags that you use, um, de like depending on what micron, like how uh, big or small the holes are on the bag, will be like what quality of the heads the trichome heads pull off the plant so when you when you do that that's hash and then when you take that and you press it with heat and pressure then you get rosin if you those are solventless extracts those are mostly what i smoke now if you take like a solvent to it like butane or um a, that's the main solvent that people use but there are other solvents that people use um, you can take butane and run it against the cannabis and then uh, let that evaporate off and then purge it in a vac chamber um, and then in a oven as well with a little bit like not too much heat but a little bit of heat and uh, a lot of vacuuming pressure you get as much of that 
butane out of there if possible. And then yeah, I can't go. imagine that butane being any good for you. No, no, that's why you purge it, like to where you're, you're have, there's minimal amounts in it. Um, and depending on who does it, you know, because if you got someone who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, yeah, you can be smoking a lot of butane and it tastes like it looks like garbage. Um, I, I saw somebody making, um, using a flat iron with wax paper and just putting the like the nuggets in between it and just fucking heating it up and getting like the the goop off there and rolling it up to make the dab yeah uh, it was pretty crazy yeah i've never seen that before yeah so that's uh like the homemade way like of making rosin like most people have actual presses that make it oh. um and they will take the hash so there's hash rosin and flour rosin flour rosin is usually dry sift and I think tastes kind of crap like dirt and like doesn't get you anywhere near as high. So that's when you just take flour and put it in a bag and press it with some heat and pressure. Yeah. And when you when you take the flour and wash it and you get the hash and then you press that, that's hash rosin. That's mostly what I smoke because hash is great, um, especially for like flavor profiles. Like it has the, probably more flavor, a lot more flavor than actual rosin. Rosin is great for flavor too, but. Um, uh hash is like really really sticky sand so you, you got to keep it in the freezer mm. you got to let it come to room temperature before you open it so condensation doesn't get in the jar and then like if you let it grease up it loses the quality uh of the hash anyway like it'll grease up if you leave it out at room temperature for too long so you pretty much you got to take it out of the freezer get your dab ready put the other part back in the freezer or also grease up so unless you just really really like all that you know, I think it's kind of a pain in the ass, especially like travel around with, because I go from home to work and whatnot with my concentrates, and I don't feel like driving around with dry, dry eyes just to keep the shit. <laughs> um, so that's uh, gotta yeah. get you just, I mean, compared to smoking like, let's take it back maybe 15 years ago, compared to just smoking like a joint yeah. of chronic or taking smoking a joint of like stress or something, how fucking powerful is this shit, dude? Like, is so, it just going to just just send me to the fucking moon if I do it? Because I've oh never yeah. done it. So, like, taking a dab, like, uh, a small dab can be like smoking an entire blunt to the dome all at once. That's and exactly what I thought. And so, like, the size dabs I take can be, like, taking, smoking, like, five to ten blunts at once, depending, <laughs> you know. Dude, how do you, how does your body, how does your body endure this shit? I just, just have a real high tolerance for shit for a lot of things you're made for you're just made for this shit right you're made yeah, for fucking like drugs I mean, and pain yeah, yeah dab it up. Like, let's start heating this up so it's gonna be kind of hard for me to hear but yeah dab so, it up i'm gonna take a couple pictures of you too so this thing right here uh, i'm borrowing from a friend of mine so pretty much over the past year uh i've become pretty well known in the southern california like glass and hash scene you know, because I'm a dude with tattoos all over my face, takes really big dabs out of nice, nice glass. Um, yeah. Most of the really, really nice glasses, even mine, I have friends who, like, they work really, really hard, and they have money to spend on, like, $90,000 pieces of glass that I would probably have. <laughs> um, but when you look like me and you're smoking out of $90,000 pieces of glass, um, the artists who make the glass start following you and sharing that shit, and they've got, like, you know, tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of followers, so. Because you look cool as fuck, and most people who look that cool may not have the fucking type of money to buy a fucking $90,000 yeah, piece. 
not to mention also I can take like gigantic dabs that most people can't take. God damn it. Every fucking stray cat in the area has come by to the patio except <laughs> for the actual cat because I keep putting food out. He's going to look for his cat right now. There's like Oh, you put food out. You put food out, so you're getting all sorts of creatures coming in the house, huh? Yeah, there's like two different cats that are there's one that we normally feed that I've already fed once today and she's eating again because we're trying to get our cat to come back. Like, stop eating all the food. Leave some for Terps. <laughs> what's it? What's the name? Terps. Yeah. So terpenes are the things in uh, plants uh, right. and fruits and whatnot that give it its aroma and flavor. Mm. So, so like in cannabis, like the terp profile is like the flavor and aroma profile. Yeah. How do you get like how, when people label it like blueberry and? whatever fuck the flavor they have so pretty pretty much uh a lot of the times they'll they'll cross a lot of genetics and if, if they're the ones that cross genetics and they're the ones that comes up with come up with a name like well this and this kind of tastes like this like because like we had a like we have a strain that we we're trying to come up with a name uh is wedding cake and GMO, GMO smells like garlic, mushrooms, and onions. So it's, we're thinking about party foul because it smells foul and, you know, wedding cake is party. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take a stab real quick. There he goes. couple blunts to the dome right now. Three, four fat hits. How expensive is this pipe here? Uh, or this, what do you call it, a, a rig or what do you call that? Yeah, it's a rig. It's a, This one is a, called an infinity bottle. Cause like the shape it makes like it's a recycler but it's like an infinity sign kind of right when it recycles um it's made by earl jr and the rainbow uh prep is karma glass so karma had a show <coughs> at lifted veil gallery in downtown in september um they're really good friends of mine they're uh the gallery that i work for they're uh, <coughs> like pretty much the same type of stuff as Lifted Bill, different artists and whatnot. Um, but yeah, they, the owners of that gallery came to our Avatar show and they bought our $36,000 centerpiece from our show. And Jesus then Christ. the next week at their 420 show, I was there helping set up and getting to rage that piece during the, <clears throat> during the 420 gathering. It sounds like you're getting, uh, you're connected with all the right people right now, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Lifted Veil, they uh, they were putting together a 420 show with all these really, really well-known badass visionary artists, <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, these are some of my favorite artists." And one of the owners of the gallery is like, "Yeah, when I was putting the show together, I was like, I wonder if he looked like this or I wonder if he looked like that." Like, I was like, "Damn, fucking uh, a super prestigious gallery in downtown LA." The owners are like. Let's make a show that based around what we think Neil would like. <laughs> <laughs> how I mean, how often can you can you take dabs like this? Can you do it every day, or do you need to take a couple days off, or what? Do uh, do I take what now? How how often can you do this? Like just fucking uh, smoke well, and do do what you do. Do you need to take uh, a break between? The last take... time I took a break was two years ago. Whenever I said I couldn't come into work for a month, and I'll see you guys in a month. <laughs> you want to? Let's. Do you want? Can we talk about that? Yeah, sure. So, so that you were in jail, right? In Arizona, yeah. is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times have you been in jail? Just twice. 
twice. Once when I was 17 and once when I was 38. And what was this last one for? Um, a fight or I, something, I, right? No, I had a, I had 20 pounds of cannabis on me <laughs> while driving through Arizona along with 131 grams of wax. And you only got fucking, what, how, a month? I got a month in jail and two years probation. I feel like uh, if you were any other race or in any other circumstance, that'd be fucking years, right? Uh, no, pretty much anyone who was rolling through there that had any kind of attorney uh, with just weed uh, got pretty much almost the exact same sentence I did. Uh, they don't really don't care that much about weed. What they care is pulling people over with weed and getting their money uh, off those people for the next few years from probation fees and whatever, mm. court costs and whatever the fuck. So they're not trying to, like, really keep people in jail. They're just trying to get their fucking money. So it's like it's like a, it's, it's kind of like compared to compared to like to, to it's like Tijuana cops, but out here they just it's want like that money. Highway robbery for real, like, cause I got pulled over in northwestern Arizona, not too far from Yuma, and shit. So like, that's where, you know, there are movies about highway robbery out there. It's just now. The cops are the ones doing it. They're the biggest gang in the nation. Now, I, I got to think, man, and this is why I'm not a cop. If I'm a cop and I pull someone over with that much drugs or money, I'm pocketing fucking at least a fucking third of that money, <laughs> right? Yeah, we'll see. That's the thing. That's why. But that's why I'm not a cop. That's why I'm not a cop. Yeah, that's why you're not a cop. But that's why a lot of people are cops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I know how you feel about cops. Yeah, I, I I get these fuck pig uh, Instagram story posts all the time, <laughs> and I just fucking laugh. People probably yeah. people could probably cringe like this fucking guy. Well, your friends no. probably your friends probably are right on your page. I I don't give a fuck, but a most of, of my like, most of the people on my page hate police officers. Yeah, are not very religious at all. Um. Well, I mean, who likes police officers, especially now? Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody, they're family, right? They're family members and yeah. fucking bootlickers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, thanks for coming on, dude. Uh, you know, yeah. it's the reason I... Oh, we're not even close to done, so I don't even think that, motherfucker. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, the reason I'm doing this podcast, you know, it's not for views. It's not for fucking getting popular it's not for making money dude originally i was just i want to do it because one i like listening to podcasts two when my daughters become of age you know i want them to to have something to listen to about you know uh what their dad did what friends what what uh kind of friends their dad had and uh you know and i like i like meeting interesting people and you're one of the interesting most interesting people i know so you know i appreciate you coming on dude yeah yeah uh Anytime, dude. Um, so, yeah, I've actually had a few people tell me, like, Neil, you should write a fucking book about your life. I'm like, at this point, I'm, at before I was like, nah, but like at this point, I'm like, yeah, maybe I should. <laughs> I think you should, bro. I think you really should, dude. Because, I mean, you had to have been through a bunch of shit, a bunch of stories, jail time, drugs, all the shit, dude. Uh, Suspension. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, you know what? 
what was intriguing was you sent me a list of shit that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. And usually when I, this, you know what, coincidentally, this is the 13th podcast. Unlucky 13 and fucking you're it, you crazy bastard. 13th. No way. Yeah. Um, wow. So the 13th podcast, you're born on the 13th. I love it. I've been having a lot of weird things with numbers in the past couple of weeks. It's been interesting. But, really? Uh, yeah. I'm, I, you know, I'm not really, I'm kind of a numbers guy. I mean, the 13th thing, eh, you know, whatever, but I'm only a numbers guy because I'm a big gambler. <laughs> What's what fucking I'm going to play on the roulette table. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so look, you, you want, you, let's talk about the, your background real quick. You're an Indian fella, right? Yeah. You always yeah, tell me my, the dot, not the feather. Yeah, both my parents are from Kolkata, which, you know, when it was British uh, colonized India, everyone knew it was Calcutta. Uh-huh. Um, so they're from there. Uh, so they're Bengali. So people know Bangladesh or Bangladesh, whatever you want to call it, but it's Bangladesh, uh, is right next to India. And they're Muslim. So it's like a lot of the same language and dialects. It's just different culture because Bangladesh is Muslim and that part of India right there, they speak almost the same language, but they're Hindu. So it's a different country. And like, <clears throat> so that's where my parents are from. Uh, Hindus and Muslims don't really get along. Um, Hindi is a language. Hinduism is a religion. Just so mm. to clear that up for people. So Hindi is the language. Yeah. Hindi, the- is, Hindi is the like, official language of india there's like so many languages and like over 700 dialects spoken in india so if someone's like do you speak indian that's like asking do you speak american you know like there's no such thing um yeah so um my parents uh had my sister in california in like norcal in the 70s um, in like the mid seventies, and then like my dad moved here in the early seventies to the United States. He was a engineer, like he moved here legally, and uh, illegally. Uh, no, he moved here legally. As legally, a, he, he was working um, as an engineer. Uh, he graduated the Indi- Indian Institute of Technology um, in like the early or mid sixties, I think. Uh, yeah, mid sixties, late sixties, and then he was he came to the United States in the early seventies as an engineer. They had my sister, and then they like moved to like Indonesia and did some work and moved somewhere else. Like he worked at, for oil companies. So mm. by the time I was born, they came back and they wanted me to be a U.S. citizen as well. So they had me in California as well. I was born in Fremont, uh, just outside the Bay. There's a lot of Indian people in Fremont. Um, so uh is he rich as shit he they're pretty well off uh yeah he he uh so when we were when i was one we moved to san dimas which you know where that is yeah Uh, and we were there for not very long and then uh when i was two my dad moved to saudi arabia and started working there for an oil company and for about six months my uh mom sister and i lived in india while we were waiting on our visas um because in saudi arabia i don't know about back then but at least uh, i mean i don't know about now but for sure back then um when you go to live there you can only live there if you're working there or the family member of someone working there Mm -hmm. and then once you reach a certain age um like high school to them uh starts in 10th grade not ninth grade 
um, depending on where you grew up. I don't know. Like it was ninth grade here in California. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's ninth grade. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, I, I went to Texas after Saudi Arabia. It was ninth grade there. But in, mm. you know, they consider high school 10th grade in uh, Saudi Arabia. So when you're ready to start high school, you either your family either has to leave the country with you or send you to boarding school because at that age, they don't want any non-Muslim youth corrupting the Muslim youth of the nation. So mm. you've got to get the fuck out once you're that age. Um, and you can't come back unless you get a job there or you convert to Islam. Um, so, how, go ahead. There are certain cities that you can't even go to if you're not Muslim. Sorry, just looking for the cat. I'm still caught. Go ahead. Look for the kitty. That's a different cat. All right. Um, so, yeah, there are certain cities you can't go to if you're Muslim. Mecca being one of them, their holy city where um, you're supposed to make a pilgrimage uh, called Hajj, uh, at least once in your lifetime if you're muslim to mecca and go see their that holy rock that they have there the big cube or whatever uh-huh. um, that if you're muslim you have to stop five times a day to pray to it in wherever you're at the direction of mecca so when i lived in saudi arabia five times a day no matter where i was at there were speakers blaring allah Akbar the entire prayer so holy shit it was like it was like How- living on living on another fucking planet like and women are second class citizens there so that's what you know kind of made me a feminist growing up because i saw how shitty women were treated and the only reason they were treated that shitty is the gender they were born as you know and i was like that's fucked up (laughs) you know because they had to like cover up in public if a muslim woman is like wearing makeup in public she can get that body part cut off like you know, Dude, that is... yeah. my dad telling me like, you know, um, if, if, even though according to Islam, you're not supposed to drink. If a Muslim person were to run a red light drunk and plow into us, it would be our fault because we're not Muslim. Oh my and, God. Uh, yeah. It was shit like that growing up there. And like there was, um, we had, we, I went to an international school. Um, so there was the international school, which was the nicest school. Then the next nicest school was the Arab boys school. And then the crappiest school was the Arab girls school. Um, well, a year or two after I left, like a year after I left Saudi Arabia, the Gulf War started and they really, really did not care for Americans at that point. So mm-hmm. at that point, they gave the Arab boys the nicest school, the Arab girls the Arab boys school, and they gave the international kids the shitty Arab girls school. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So fortunately, I didn't have to deal with that. Um but uh, there was one time uh, we had like walls built up around our school, especially the uh, where we had our recess, the playground. Mm-hmm. There was one time a kid, um, like we heard a bunch of uh, Arabic kids on the other side, like screaming for help. And like this one kid decides to look over the wall. We're all telling you like, don't do it. Like, it's not a good idea. And as soon as he looks over, they're just waiting for <clears throat> an international kid to look over and pelt him in the face of rocks. And he had to fucking go to the hospital. So Jesus Christ, man, that sounds brutal. Yeah, grow, growing up there was uh, kind of shitty. Um, so um, there's a holy month called Ramadan. I don't remember if it's before or after Hajj. I can't remember all that shit, but their holy month is Ramadan. And if you're Muslim, you're not supposed to eat or drink anything during daylight hours. Um, right, right. I've heard of that. But if uh, in Saudi Arabia, if you're not Muslim, you're also not supposed to eat or drink anything in daylight hours in public. 
So I was six years old and I didn't know and I was drinking a juice box outside while playing with my friends and the religious police were trying to take me to jail. I don't know how my mom talked them out of it. I'm assuming she bribed them. I have no fucking clue, but... Um, you mean just they, regular police, right? They don't have like a like a religious they, police, right? No, no. They have regular police and then they have religious police. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and the religious police sometimes are in uniform, but sometimes they're undercover people just making sure that people aren't doing, like, you know... Un- yeah, just like citizens. Aren't doing ungodly or unfit things in public. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. Is that now when you put a rape culture in sports, does that have to do with over there or is that something from the US? Oh, no, no, that's that's has to do with when I moved to like so. I, I grew up in Saudi Arabia and then I, I, I lived in Texas for 25 years. So, yeah. what part I'm of Texas, huh? What part Houston, of Texas? Houston, okay. Texas for most of it, then the suburbs around it, like Clear Lake and First Colony, Sugarland area, and then like in Houston itself, all over Houston. And then, like, I lived in Austin for a little bit. But, like, so living in Texas, um, first off, I stopped giving a shit about sports in high, after high school because I was, like, uh, all the people I know that are really into sports in high school are the people that I hate the most. And the only reason they uh, are nice to me now is because they want drugs. <laughs> so, uh, I mean... Well, what, it, what is it about people that play sports? So, like, I'm sure there's a lot of good guys that play sports or a lot of good people. Well, no, no, no. It was just my high school in particular. Like, yeah. it was, like, in a really rich white area. Um, mm. And, like, I didn't dress or act a certain way. I was into metal, you know, all that shit. So I was the fucking weirdo kid. I'm I'm the atheist, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, growing up as an atheist in Texas and Saudi Arabia is kind of weird because, like, you go from super religious Muslim country to super religious Bible Belt. Yeah, how'd you become atheist over there? I was, I've just never been indoctrinated to any religion because, like, I just never have. My parents, like, wanted me to be Americanized, so they never really got into the Hinduism. And so when you're never really taught about God, why the fuck would you believe in it? Right, right. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, most people believe in God because their parents told them to. Yes, that's right. <laughs> or, or or they're dying of something horribly and they yeah. need something to... Well, I was dying of something horribly many times and I still didn't go to fucking God. Fuck that shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, in fact, the, the first time that everyone knew of uh, when I was an adult uh, that I almost died, they're like, you're not like going to be religious now. I'm like, fuck no what the shit are you talking about <laughs> what uh, how did you almost die let's let's talk about that a little bit okay well here let's back up so, okay okay um i grew up in texas and like so let's say like my my fourth grade year is the first year i was in texas um and we're in choir class in fourth grade mm-hmm. and the choir teacher's going over the lyrics of the song and i raised my hand and uh, she's like, yeah. And I was like, Mrs. Fry, I think that was her name. I was like, uh, what does the word sin mean? And like the entire class like looks at me and just starts laughing. And like the teacher's like, you don't know what a sin is? And I'm like, oh God, I wish I was dead right now. Why the fuck did I ask that? The entire class is laughing at me. I should really know what <laughs> sin is. <laughs> but you know, they're all, they're all, have gone to church all their life and shit god this and god that so of course like 
don't sin, blah, blah, blah. Here's this kid who's nine years old and like has never heard the word sin. <laughs> right. Yeah. Total outcast. There's like mind blown, you know? And like, so my second day of school, there's this kid who doesn't have to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Mm, I had one of those. And I was like, why doesn't she have to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance? And they're like, well, because the Pledge of Allegiance says under God in it. And, you know, it's, you know, referring to a Christian God and she's Jewish. So her parents have asked that she not. uh, And I was like, well, my parents are Hindu and I'm an atheist, so I don't even believe in God. So I don't have to do this either. Right. And like the entire class just like jaw dropped and like they're all staring at me. And I was like, oh, man, I shouldn't have said that out loud. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I remember I remember I think fifth or sixth grade. We had a kid who looked uh, Muslim and he didn't stand up and, and, but we didn't even know what we were saying when we were saying the pledge of allegiance, we were just reciting it. Cause well, we I had to recite like, it. I, I had just moved from Saudi Arabia and I had never had to say it before. So I'm in fourth grade having to say it for the first time. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, I thought it was weird in Saudi Arabia, how much they worship the flag, but you guys have a, you have to pledge allegiance to it every fucking morning. Yeah. Like, over, over the intercom in class. Yeah. Like you know, whatever Americans talk about, like the Middle Easterns being crazy or vice versa, it's just like different page of the same book. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, we're we're all here trying to get by. Like, just let people be. Don't fucking kill anyone over what they believe. As long as they're fucking not hurting themselves or anyone else, who gives a fuck what people do? I don't give a fuck who you want to love, who you want to be with, as long as it's like consensual and not a child or an animal. <laughs> yeah like, def- definitely not those yeah exactly yeah like that's all i give a shit about you know like don't be a thief you know don't mm. fucking sexually assault people don't fucking like lie cheat and steal and then that's all you really gotta do you don't have to worship shit you don't have to fucking live your entire life for a god that may or may not exist just be good to the people around you and are you happy with your life like you're, that's what should really fucking matter. You're you're sounding like that. Um, what's his name? Uh, what's that Indian yoga guy, philosopher guy? Deepak um, Chopra. Mm, hold on. Oh, here we go. It goes by Sad Guru or Sada Guru. You know what I'm talking about? He's all over TikTok. He's like I don't uh, watch TikTok. So okay, he's a yoga, spiritual, environmentalist guy. Grab some water. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, this guy's awesome, man. He he uh, says a lot of spiritual quotes, a lot of environmental quotes about pretty much what you just summed up right now, man. Just, I mean, this is just me living life, seeing what I've seen and experienced what I've experienced, done a lot of psychedelics, like smoked a lot of cannabis, met a lot of different fucking people from all kinds of different walks of life, you know, hung out with all kinds of different people, partied with all kinds of different people, fucking you know, hung out with rock stars and shit to, like, fucking homeless people, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, I saw a video of, uh, are you friends with uh, Tyler, the, the guy who does the suspension, or do you just know him, or he works at the yeah, strip club? I'm, yeah, okay. I'm friends, like, uh, with him, like, we don't hang out and shit, but we've done yeah. the same suspension show, and we have the mutual friend Steve that, like, Steve has suspended him a bunch of times. I don't know how well Steve and him know each other, but me and Steve have known each other for, like, 12 years. Right, for like thirteen years. Yeah, he showed me a, a show you guys did, and Dave Navarro was there. Yeah, um, Dave's a friend of mine. 
Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know we did that stuff too. Yeah, Dave was actually fucking messaging me about trying to see if he could get me into this toad ceremony, but um, the shaman was saying with the medication that I take is probably not a good idea. So, I, what's I, a toad I, ceremony? <laughs> is that like something with ayahuasca or something? Something with drugs? It's toad venom. Okay. Okay. Pufotoxin. Okay. Have you done Looking that before, ever? No. And he was. I was asking him about it, but I also told him I'm on a bunch of fucking. Okay, so. Um, when I was 18, I was on a, sh okay. When I was 15, I started doing, I started smoking weed. And then two weeks later I was doing Coke and PCP and all kinds of fucked up shit. And, uh, I was like the gateway drug kid. That gateway drug, that gateway drug. you're in the fucking, you're in the book yeah. of the gateway drug. So by 18, like a little bit before, like two months before my 19th birthday, I was like rock bottom. Like I was on probation because I had. I had done something stupid at school and uh, at high school, but I was in college, but I was failing out of college. And I was like, dude, my parents have already told me they're not proud of me and they think I'm worthless. And I think I'm worthless. I'm just going to end it all. And of course, when I tried Jesus, to end man. it all, when I tried to end it all, all the pills and shit that I took wasn't enough because I'm fucking not human, apparently. Jesus Christ, man. Really? Yeah. So what I did you up. take? I took like 150 Tylenol PMs, uh, 20 Promethazines, 40 Zanbars, and uh, I think I drank like a bottle of hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, man. Yeah. Yeah. See, your body's just a fucking vessel for this type of shit. So I can't believe I lived through that, but I'm glad I did. Um, now, and did you, did you like, pass out or have to go to the hospital or something? I, I went to the hospital, and I was on probation, and I had tested positive for drug use on my probation. The judge wanted to send me to prison, but the, my parents, like, talked to the judge, and, like, my mom was in the hospital with me, but my dad and my sister went and talked to the judge and showed him my suicide note. They're like, all right, so Neil has to get sober, or else he's fucking going to prison for a long time. And so I got sober. Uh, I did everything they told me to do. I did the program. I went to inpatient rehab. I did outpatient rehab. I did a year of aftercare. I did all the NA meetings. I got my shit signed till the end of my probation. Even after my probation, I stayed like my probation was up in 2002. And yeah. I stayed sober till 2012. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. That's so in, uh, so. I remember in Houston in like 2003, 2004, seeing like that Kobe Bryant was being called out in Colorado for uh, raping this 19 year old yeah. hotel employee. And then, you know, later it came out like it was trying, he was trying to be like, oh, well, she agreed to it, but she changed her mind, which by the way, if they, if they could be in the middle of sex and whoever it is can change their mind and you still should have, you have to stop. Right. Um, so I heard, I heard in one of the states they just changed that, actually. I think it's like... I know, and it sucks. What, what um, state is that? Do you know? Probably a southern state. Probably like South Carolina or Kentucky or some shit. Um, so um, all that shit came out. And then it came out that like, oh, well, she had sex with someone else a few hours after Kobe. So there's no way that she got raped. Like, dude, if you've been sexually assaulted, you can't say what the fuck you're going to do after it's happened. You can't say if you're going to 
like go out and want to fuck everyone inside if you're going to curl up in a ball if you're going to want to like murder somebody if you you mm. don't know what the fuck is going to happen so you can't say oh well this person was sexually assaulted so there was no way they would act like that and the fact that that dude has those lawyers and that much money and decided to settle out of court it's mm-hmm. like if you could prove for a fact that you didn't do it with that much more money than God and every lawyer in the NBA backing you, why the fuck wouldn't you prove your innocence instead of settling out of court? It's a good point. I remember they were saying, uh, didn't they say she had like the jizz of like five dudes in her panties or something? It doesn't matter. Yeah. If she wanted to fuck those five dudes and have a gangbang, and then Kobe was like, hey, let me fuck you too. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. And in the middle of it, she's like, no, we have to stop. And he kept going. It's still fucking rape. Yeah. So yeah. as far as I'm concerned, if you have more money than God and every lawyer at the NBA backing you, if you didn't fucking do it, you're not going to settle out of court. So in my mind, he did that because he wanted to just fucking let it go, pay the pay the woman off not have to deal with it and that's how he came up with his black mamba persona to like rise up from the accusations of shit that he didn't do so i was not with all any of that so when he died i didn't give a you know wow (laughs) yeah you remember that at work too you remember me being being very vocal about that i do remember that i do remember that And, and you know it leads me to believe that you know, real quick, I don't, I hate getting on fucking this political bullshit, but that George Floyd, uh, is that his name, George Floyd, the yeah. guy who died? Yeah, of course. Now, hey, that's Big Floyd. He was a rapper in Houston when I was growing up. I used to listen to that motherfucker. Oh, he was the guy who died? He was part of the screwed up click. DJ Screw that made up, made chopped and screwed music. He was part of that original click. Holy shit. Like the uh, the June twenty seventh freestyle that everybody in Houston knows that listens to Screw that's like fucking an hour long just them like drinking lean and fucking la- uh, fucking rapping like he's on that freestyle. Wow, that is fucking crazy. I bet nobody knows that. Not I mean, I'm, 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 I mean outside of right, right. But what I was getting at is you know you saying that you're very very vocal when Kobe died because of the rape issue and whatnot. You know, there was a, they said that the George Floyd, they said I bet. a lot of things to defame his character because the police right. were like, we got to do whatever we fucking can to make him look like. Yeah, but you can't trust police, though. So. Yeah, no, don't ever trust a cop. Don't ever tell them anything. If they pull you over, don't tell them where you're coming from, where you're going. Just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll pretty much just ask, just ask them, am I being detained? And if you're not, if I'm not, am I free to go? And can I have a, you know, can you write me my ticket for whatever? Can I go? I, dude, I never say shit. I honestly, I mean, I'm just a white guy, dude. They're probably not even going to fuck with me, but I'm always like a little sketchy. And I'm, I'm, I always say, Hey officer, how you doing? Like just trying to make like small talk. You know what I mean? Cause you're they, almost so always I the bar too. Huh? <laughs> you're almost <laughs> always leaving the bar too. Cause of your job. Yeah. Right. But I'm always, you know, I don't even want to say anything that could get them riled up. You know what I mean? Because any little thing will probably pop off on. So I'm always just like hands right there on the wheel. Uh, do you mind if I get this? Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. And I kind of see their. As much as I don't like them, I'm I'm very polite because I'm not trying to lose my life either. <laughs> yeah, it, that's my point. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people you see, you know, I, I don't think start the conversation with the cops that compliantly. Probably like, whoa, motherfucker, like, check out my phone, motherfucker. I'm recording your ass, bitch. And so that probably just gets them up, like, it gets them crazy. But, but you, I've seen a lot of videos where they're just like, 
why are you detaining me? You have to tell me why you're detaining me. And the cops oh, yeah. just go, get out of the fucking car. Oh, you yeah. know, like, yeah. you know, and then, and then there's a lot of videos of like, oh, well, there's that one video of like, I was going 65 in a 70. Why did you pull me over? He was like, I was checking on you. Checking on me for going five miles under the <laughs> Or is it because I'm a black guy in a Mercedes? <laughs> Dude, they're hiring these dudes with just complexes, man. They're just fucking losers or assholes or just no there's morals or need to, need to try to prove something. There's so much less training to be a cop than like so many other jobs that you'd think a cop would need so much more training for then. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, dude. It's fucking, it's ridiculous, man. I, they just got to redo the whole system somehow, bro. I, I don't even know if that's going to be possible. Well, fuck that. I don't even want to talk about cops, dude. Fuck them. Yeah, I want to talk about you and your fucking crazy ass life. <laughs> so, um, all right. So that was what I had to say about the whole sports thing. Cause like, I've just, this whole year, it's been like, ooh, Kobe. And I'm like, man, I'm fucking tired of hearing about Kobe. Right. Um, anyways, that's all I got to say about that. So, um, I got sober when I was 18. Um, but when I was 20, uh, so like 21, I started getting into body suspension. Like I just needed something else. Like I needed a new rush and I'm afraid of heights. So I'm not going to skydive or bungee jump. Um, but I could feel like I'm flying by hanging from hooks and I could test my pain tolerance. So this happened when you started to get sober. I had been sober for two and a half years. Okay. So you, you, did you, did you need something then? You just needed yeah, something? I needed, I needed something else. Like um, for a while, I got addicted to AA and NA meetings. And like the only people I hung out were people in Alcoholics and Narcotics Anonymous. But I realized that most of those people are still really fucked up in the head. They're just not drinking or using drugs. Yeah. So Yo, I, that's very interesting, bro. So you, you did it when you were sober. I like it. I like that. I like where this is going. So yeah, it's kind of no, like maybe just like a an outlet for you just to do no, this. No, it's totally an outlet for me because I realized the first time they put hooks in me, I'm like, wow, this doesn't even really hurt. I thought it was going to be really awful. Um, I think it would hurt <laughs> to, to the normal, to the average person. Well, right? my, well, now I've been doing it for so long. I have an 18-year-old son that has done it twice, and he's like, yeah, the piercing's really not that bad. Shit. Yeah, I saw a couple <laughs> videos of him doing it. Yeah, I was, so, it was a proud father-son moment. I, I, yeah, because he's been talking about since nine years old, he wants to spend, suspend for his 18th birthday. So the fact that I was actually... So um, when I was 24, I came out here to California. I was living in Texas. I came out to do the suspension show, and I was staying in Upland, of all places. <laughs> right. And, um, there had just been, like, really bad fires. Um, and so... Yeah, so fast forward to remember when um, the really bad fires were happening in Thousand Dude, they, Oaks? They happen fucking almost every other year. No, no, no. Bro. It was right when the Thousand Oaks shooter happened. Then a huge fire was happening in Thousand Oaks at the same time. You remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. The whole okay. coast was on fire. Yeah, so they were talking about, well, now that these fires are happening, there's fungus that gets re uh, the spores can get released into the air when fires and earthquakes happen. And it can cause valley fever. And valley fever can lay dormant in your body. And then like a year to two years later, you can have organ failure. So that's what happened. So what, to the, me. what the fuck is valley valley failure? Val valley fever. Oh, valley fever. Yeah. So that's what fucking happened to me because I all of a sudden, like it was a year and a half uh, after I had visited here. 
I had fucking congestive heart failure, kidney failure, double pneumonia, and a fungal infection in my lungs that they couldn't identify. Well, that fungal infection that they couldn't identify, I've put two and two together, was valley fever. Because they're like, yeah, these spores get released, and then, like, you don't realize it, but you get really sick a year or two later, your organs start to fail. I'm like, I had kidney failure and heart failure, and this unidentified fungus in my lungs. So I can't... So I like the the fungus I, on like the trees and shit, just like they no, go no, into the. It's like in deep in the earth in the soil, but when earthquakes and fires happen, mm. it gets released into the air. And it gets in your body and fucks you all up. Not everybody, but I just happen to be one of the very unlucky ones that Valley Fever like caught me when I was out here in like March of two thousand four. So like by October of two thousand five, uh. It was October 26, 2005. I was working at this restaurant. Uh, it's called Freebirds. It's kind of like Chipotle. Um, mm-hmm. They have some in LA. Uh, they started in Santa Barbara. They were really big in Texas. I was the I was the manager, uh, assistant manager of one in Clear Lake. Clear Lake is where like NASA is. Yeah. Um, not where the space shuttle is launched from, but where like the control, like Johnson's uh, Space Center, like is and all that shit. Right. Right. So I lived there, and uh, it was. October 26, 2005, the night the Astros got swept out of the World Series by the Chicago White Sox. Um, I'm such a dick, dude. I was dude, like, you know what? You just fucking, you just referenced a World Series game and you fucking hate sports, dude. I because, love it. Because I was in the hospital. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Everyone was wearing their Astros shit. I was like, well, the one thing that makes me happy is at least your fucking team lost, you fucks. Talking to all the people <laughs> in the hospital that have been rude to me when I showed up. <laughs> I worked there. Oh, that's so fitting. I love like, it. Like, I'm dying and talking shit to these people. <laughs> so how long were you, were you pent up in the hospital, man, with all these problems? Nine days. They wanted to keep me longer, but I was pretty much like, you're going to let me go home or I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. See this thick, big thing of urine you're making me collect? I'm going to toss it on someone if you don't let me leave soon. Right. So they, they released me that day. How were all your vitals <laughs> when they released you? Were they better? They were, they were a lot better. Uh, it went from, we give him less than 50% chance of survival to, he, it looks like he's going to survive to, okay, we can release him from the hospital because he's threatening to kill us. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. That's a lot of things to, to go wrong with you at once and to just pop back out in nine days. Did they throw you on medication and shit? You have to take medication yeah, yeah, for life they, now? Oh, yeah, yeah. They threw me on medication, and then, like, it was, like, three and a half weeks later, and I'm bored out of my mind at, at home, and I'm like, I have to go back to work. I can't fucking sit at work. Yeah. sit at home any longer i went to the doctor i'm like you have to clear me to go back to work he's yeah. like i wouldn't really prefer you take at least six weeks like it's been three and a half i'm good just let me go like if you want to know the honest truth if i had been dying in the hospital i was gonna be in a cage taking a bunch of spears in my body and through my face so <laughs> i think i can handle going to fucking work and the doctor's just like uh yeah <laughs> never seen a person of that caliber before so there was one doctor that came and saw me while I was unconscious and they were outside my insurance uh, provider policy. Uh-huh. So they charged me just to read my chart. Didn't talk to me anything. I was passed out to read my chart. They charged me over $600. I showed up three weeks later, fresh out of like congestive heart failure, like, like 
shouldn't be walking. I come into the office and I, I'm like shouting for the doctor and I like lift him up by his shirt over the counter, screaming in his face. I'm like, do you remember me? Because I don't fucking remember you and you charged me $600 to fucking read my chart while I was unconscious. If I was awake, I would have told you, yo, you're out of network, motherfucker. I'm not talking to you. And then I was like, I am not fucking paying this bill. And I shoved it in his face. He's like, okay, okay, we'll take care of it in billing. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, that's fucking right, motherfucker. You don't do that to people. I'm dying. I can't even make a decision and you're charging me $600. Fuck you. Oh, yeah, of and course I, they're charging you, dude. Trying to get a fucking penny out of everybody, dude. I'm glad you did that shit. Yeah, the people in the doctor, like, there was one lady that applauded me when I was, like, walking out the door. She's like, I, you know what? I'm leaving this place. Fuck that doctor. <laughs> God damn, man. So you got to take medicine for that, like, even now? Yeah, yeah. So... So uh, in 2013, I had a full on like I was I had a couple heart attacks, but I'm like, oh, I think I'm okay. I can tough my way through it. But then I had the one that actually <laughs> sent me to the hospital, um, and they're like, yeah, uh, you're having a widowmaker heart attack, and uh, you've had a. It looks like you've already had a couple. I'm like, yeah, I was pretty sure that those were heart attacks, but you know, I toughed my way through them. And Jesus like, Christ! They're like. Because, like, the day I was having my heart attack that I went to the hospital, it had been, like, seven hours before I was, like, yo, like, I'm not feeling any better, guys. I think we should go to the hospital. God, what? I mean, how did that feel? Did you have pains or couldn't breathe or what? Um, it felt like there was a vice around my chest. Um, it felt like someone was stabbing me in the back with a hot knife, like, in between my shoulder blades. Um, and... Uh, you know, my arm kept like going numb and like then hurting, and then your like, arm's the big one, right? The arm, the arm, I think different differentiates it from uh, like a panic attack because I've had, I had a panic attack once, and I drove myself to the ER. And they're yeah. like, bro, bro, you're fucking tripping, dude. Like, did yeah. you do cocaine? I was like, no. They're like, you just have anxiety. So I think that arm thing is a dead yeah. tell. Well, of, also the the severe pain between the shoulder blades, like that's like the heart actually hurting back there. Um, I found out after the fact. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was with some dumbass that doesn't like hospitals and is kind of selfish and just really didn't want to go to the hospital. And he thought that I had just eaten too many edibles and was having a really bad anxiety attack. Right. Yeah. Anxiety. Anxiety. Anxiety is a motherfucker, man. You know, you don't get, I'm surprised with all the fucking drugs that you've done, it doesn't cause like crazy panic attacks or anxiety on you. Sometimes, but not anymore like some and sometimes i'll be like oh man i think i might have did too much or whatever but it's just like oh well haven't died yet <laughs> yeah dude you're a fucking monster bro you're just the most durable person ever <laughs> i wouldn't say that but uh but pretty damn close it takes a lot to put me down yeah <laughs> i mean so, you me take a punch to the face or three <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah you being a bouncer i've seen seen you uh throw a couple people out take a couple licks yeah. how'd you like being a bouncer anyway you oh, fucking dude, hated it i fucking hated it <laughs> i hated the fucking people that would come in there i hated like the drunk chicks like they would try and talk to me um which wasn't very often thank god i was like the least hit on out of all the bouncers there i think thank right. god um is like, that the only place like, you've ever been a bouncer or have you been a no, bouncer no, I've been, uh so in after I had congestive heart failure, um, when I was uh, like 
damn it, I need to go back to work. I was at a death metal show and uh, I was trying to get in because it was sold out. And the bar manager was like, you want to just work security for the show and watch the show for free? And I'm like, okay. And then like the head of security is like, how do you know this guy? He's like, remember that dude who was on stage that took all the fucking spears and like the guy that hangs from hooks and does all the crazy shit? They're like, oh, that's him? Oh yeah, he's hired. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, for sure you're hired. That's a, you don't even need an application for that. That is your application. Yeah, that was my, that was literally, they're like, oh, we've seen him, like, beating the shit out of so many people at the pit and metal shows, and, like, he hangs some hooks. Yeah, he's totally, like, yeah, he could be security here. So, in 2005, November, I started working uh, at the Engine Room in Houston, Texas. I don't think it still exists. If it does exist, it's not the same venue. Um, and uh, I was working there, and then I would do security next door at the Jet Lounge, the bar next door. Everyone would go there after the shows and shit. Um, and then I started working security at this club called the Meridian. There were a lot of fucking shows that came through there. Started working at Warehouse Live. Uh, a lot of fucking shows came through there. I met a lot of fucking bands that I was into at those two venues. And then through working at those two venues, I made friends with the security that were all the backstage security for Verizon, the like downtown Houston venue before House of Blues existed there. Um, it started off, I think it's like Aerial Theater, and then uh, I think it might have been Primeco Theater at one point. I'm not sure. Uh -huh. I don't know. But now it's Verizon. Um, I didn't know you did uh, that for so long. That's uh, I I knew so many people working security there, dude. I met like Slayer, Lamb of God, Kill Switch Engage, Unearth, like War, like fucking Mastodon, like all these fucking people at that venue, and then. Through body suspension, I was friends with Eric Sprague, or I am friends with Eric Sprague, the lizard man, the guy who's tattooed like fucking as a yeah. lizard in his entire body. Yeah. Um, and he was he was the MC of the fucking Jägermeister music tour for a while. So every time, like when it was like Slayer and Hatebreed or Slipknot and Fear Factory, I had VIP everything, you know. Yeah. Um, so between working between working security and fucking suspension, I. There wasn't any show in Houston for a long time that I couldn't get into. I was that snob that I was like, I'm moving to California and I'm going to have to start paying for shows now. Like in Houston, that was the thing. Like if I have to pay for a show, I'm not fucking going. And, but there was never a show I had to pay for. Right, right. <laughs> there, was all, like, there was always an inn in every venue. So um, except for maybe like the Toyota Center. But there was never any artists that I wanted to see at Toyota Center. I don't want to see fucking InSync or Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah that doesn't look like it's up your alley at all yeah so like um the venues i wanted to get into i could get into um and uh i i just like there were like walters on washington the kid who runs it now his mom she passed away unfortunately but she used to run walters on washington and when it was actually on washington in houston it was just, like where you'd go to see hardcore shows and then he happened to be i was his boss at freebirds so whenever I showed up, I'm like, Zach? He's like, Neil. He's like, come on in. And I'm like, I didn't have tickets. I was hoping to get it. He's like, dude, my mom runs the venue. I'm like, hey, she owns the venue. I work here. It's like, I, I bartend here. I'm like, fuck yes. So I got to see all these shows at Walters. And then, like, they moved. They have a nicer spot in downtown now. So whenever there was a show at Walters, I would just hit up Zach. Like, dude. Yeah, so when I was moving to California, it's like, shows are expensive. And I'm going to have to pay to see them now. But, Why'd like, you come out here anyway? Um. 
So Texas is not the place to be when you're someone like me who likes to do the things I do. Really? Well, with the suspension? Not just suspension, but like cannabis and being an atheist and being brown. Like, <laughs> really? Yeah, none of those things go over that well in Texas. Like, you know, it's cool to be brown if like you know your place. Um, but yeah. I'm not one of those people who knows my place. So yeah. mostly I'm, it's mostly Republican, right? Texas? Um, well, in, in Houston and Austin and Dallas, there's a lot, a lot, it's like a lot of blue. Um, uh-huh. But honestly, Democrats, Republicans, I don't care. They're all fucking idiots. Like the people in, in office right now, they make more money than we'll ever make. They fucking can get out of whatever trouble because oh, of yeah. who they are. They don't give a fuck about us. They don't know anything about us. They don't represent us. They are not us. So I am not any party of any like like political body in any office that does not represent anything that I'm about. I can't join or be affiliated with either of those parties. Democrat, Republican, I don't care. Republicans right. seem, seem to have a lot more conservative people that are hateful but you know democrats have a lot of people that if you don't see their liberal way of seeing they're pretty fucking close-minded and hateful too so yeah, that's, what, that's why i voted maybe twice in my lifetime I, i've never I, voted you, never you voted. you're voting for a fucking i've lived in california and texas my entire voting life my vote doesn't matter it's in texas it was always exactly. going to be republican here it's always going to be democrat what the fuck the only thing that matters is local election the shit that matters like why did Prop 64 get passed over yeah. Prop 215? Yeah, the city <laughs> stuff. The city stuff uh, is the only thing no, 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 worth no. voting Prop for. Prop 64 is the fucking what made cannabis recreational here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Prop 215 is when we had medical laws, when you can do patient-to-patient transfers without having to worry about shit, where you could have giant open like sessions and people smoking weed. As soon as like people vote, voted for Prop uh, 64 and fucking corporate weed, all the corporations came in, like, we need our money. The Bureau of Cannabis Control came into effect, like, we need our taxes. You can't do shit without us making our coin. And you can't sell this amount. You can't do this in public. You can't have these sessions. And everything, ever since Prop 64 passed, has gone to shit. And that's the type of shit, yes, people should vote on. Not who's going to fucking be the next puppet in power for the next four years. Exactly, because they're going to be a piece of shit anyway, so it doesn't really and they're, fucking matter. They're predetermined anyway. It's all rigged. Like everyone knew it was going to be Hillary last time, but for some reason, fucking the Democrats couldn't pull off what they needed to pull off, and right, you know, it got rigged towards Trump, and now like it got rigged towards Biden. It's all it's all a rigged game, like from the get go. Yeah. Like before, it was determined before we were born. You know, it's going to continue after we die. Fucking. If we're not the Rothschilds or the Rockefellers running the World Bank, we don't fucking matter. And if you're someone who doesn't want to get with the World Bank, like Fidel Castro or someone like that, they'll take you the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. Or if you're someone like JFK, who's like, maybe we shouldn't be part of the World Bank, then you'll get assassinated. Mm. <laughs> you deep into conspiracies? Not deep, deep, but like, yeah, I'm not like tinfoil hat like there's some shit that i see that people put out there like whoa dude you definitely you think the government uh killed kennedy talk to a therapist i know the government's out to get us but like come on man yeah 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 (laughs) yeah, yeah. people (laughs) (laughs) um 
So as far as like the weed uh, laws getting passed and all that shit, what does it take to open a? Do you know what it takes to open a dispensary now? Is it, I know the government. You have to pay the government like a hundred thousand so, dollars or some shit. Well, no, you have to pay a lot of taxes and fees, but you have to also live in a place because, like, I think it's from county to county they can decide whether or not there can be like actual dispensaries or if it's delivery only or if it's dry. So even though they passed all this shit, they left it to the counties. And a lot of the counties are like, no, we don't want this shit. Like, like San Bernardino, that's where the NOS Center is. That's where like huge cannabis, cannabis events happen. San Bernardino doesn't want that shit happening. And now that San Bernardino has a say in it with Prop 64, they're like, yeah, we don't really want those weed events happening here. And now they can't anyway. Yeah. So um, pretty much a lot of them have moved to Adelanto. The mayor of Adelanto is super cannabis friendly. Uh, I don't know what his deal is, if they're lining his pockets or what, but um, he's super cannabis friendly and a lot of cannabis events happen in Adelanto. Because I know a lot of, of I see a lot of shops opening up around here and then you always hear about them getting raided like a few months yeah, after they legal. open. Huh? None of them are legal. None of them are legal. That's what I'm saying. So you gotta, you have to spend like over hundred thousand dollars in in these permits just to get them up because the government wants their money. Probably more than that. Yeah. So it's it's Probably like a million. So more. it's like you you set it up, you get what you can, and then if you get raided, fuck it, you do, you open another one. So you're just like so pretty much. To- pretty much, if you don't have like actual investors, like that are pretty much like corporate pe- type people then uh, yeah, if you haven't been trapping for a very long time, putting together funds to come up with to go. And there were some companies that were doing this shit black market for a long time and made a shit ton of money. They were like, well, we don't want to stop and we have a good thing going and we have the money to go illegal. So let's go recreational. And so they've been doing recreational, but a lot of, a lot of fucking mom and pop companies just don't produce anything anymore. Like they can't, like they've, and like, you know, a lot of grows and farms have been busted in certain areas by the BCC. Um, now there's now there's stocks you could buy in cannabis. It's crazy, right? All for yeah. the government, dude. Yeah, no, as long as you're, like, playing the corporate game and paying uh, Uncle Sam his coin, you can do a lot of things. But if you're trying to just go out on your own, live off the grid, make your own money, do your own thing, they don't like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to talk to you about the suspension real quick. Let's go back to that. Um, so what uh, what size hooks are you using now? Are, are you just do you have to keep enlarging them after? No, uh, I use um, six gauge, four gauge hooks, um, and then like for like my limbs, usually eight gauge hooks. Eight so gauge. The, the smaller the number, the larger the gauge. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, you don't you don't have to um keep going bigger and bigger like it doesn't like stretch your skin out to where you have to no get no, thicker no. oh yeah i don't know you a thing can, about it so you can you, you go uh different spots every time you don't right you don't have to go through the same holes with me like it's kind of impossible because i've hung so many times when you're piercing through my back you're going through scar tissue um it's like piercing through a fucking football what'd you um, use in in your face i saw you uh the other day you put eight, some- eight, gauge, eight gauge uh black sheep suspension hooks Eight yeah, yeah. Imagine if you go back through. I was that. That's kind of like my question. If you go back through those holes in your cheeks again, because how much room do you really have in your cheeks to like do it? So you'd have to go through those scar uh, tissued holes again, right? So you wouldn't need to to use bigger gauges. If you 
seen uh, on my Instagram, I've pierced my eyebrows many, 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 many times with hooks. Yeah. It's almost always a different spot, like by a little bit, just by it barely. Is there any? Sometimes I go through old shit, but you know, whatever. It's it's me. I'm just not like a normal person. So, yeah. (laughs) Is there a, a, a body part that can't be used? It's like that cannot be used. Like I'm sure you can't use your fucking dick, right? Uh, there was a dude that took a rope around his balls and dick and hung from it, and I think part of his intestines slipped into his sack when he did that when he was hanging upside down because you know hernia. Oh my um, god. Um, but uh, I have a friend, a very close friend, the friend that actually picked me up out of jail. Um, he was going to hang from two hooks in his butt cheeks. Uh, and I, um, being the jackass that I am, high on a bunch of L, uh, was like, hey, you should just take one hook in the ass crack and hang from it. And then he's like, okay, but you got to pierce that. I'm like, I am way too high on drugs to pierce that. But I think Matt Brawley should pierce that. And our friend Brawley's like, yeah, I'll pierce that. So we put a unicorn tail on him, and he almost got all the way off the ground on it. Um, I think he, for like a split second, he went like that and took his weight off, but like it ripped yeah, out. I think after after uh, he said like five six weeks sitting down was not fun. Yeah. How many times have they ripped open on you? Um, well, I've broken a few hooks. I've bent lots and lots of hooks and i've had one hook tear completely out of my back one hook tear completely out between my eyes i was hanging from three in my throat and one in between my eyes and the one in between my eyes was like shot out like a slingshot and like blood was just shooting out of my face like a fountain and I'm laughing, like a, I'm laughing like a fucking maniac and everyone's just kind of like what the fuck in the whole room and like yeah, so before the hooks that are by my jugular and carotid do that, maybe we should bring me down. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. By your so, carotids? Yeah. Fuck. So here's the, thing, here's the thing with suspension. I got really, really, really involved in it for a really long time, and I learned that um, a lot of people who are into suspension um, didn't really have any friends or social skills when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they found this niche group of people that they're all of a sudden popular in and they don't know how to fucking act and control themselves. And a lot of them just become fucking predators. Really? Yeah. What kind of predators? Like, hey, this chick is drunk in a convention center uh, at, at a convention. And oh. Well, maybe I should just take her back to my room and take care of her type predators. Okay, I see what you're saying. So they're using their using their uh, newfound fame to uh, get some action. Yeah, not just get some action, but they're like, it goes to their head and they have like this fucking narcissistic like ego thing of like, they deserve all that now. Like, why would anyone turn them down? They're this badass now. I bet when a girl looks at you, bro, they think this motherfucker <laughs> is going to fucking demolish me in the bedroom bro like you you are you into some crazy ass kinky ass shit i don't you're not a missionary guy a little bit but not like crazy crazy like i've been with some people that are into like crazy bds and stuff i'm like yo i'm not really into that like i hang from hooks because 
it's a thing I do, but it's not a sexual thing. So um, if you're thinking that it's going to get really like really freaky like that in the bedroom, like that's not me. Yeah. So, um, when you play, you, you always play like crazy hardcore music when you suspend. Not always, but most of the time. Just to get you in that zone. Yeah. I always see you with your head fucking ah, like just well, getting completely fucking jacked. It looks like. Yeah, and like. Not these past few times. The past few times, uh, actually, no. I had some mushrooms. Oh yeah, I was on a lot of mushrooms this last time. Yeah, in fact, I. Had, yeah, okay. But um, the past, <laughs> the past few times I've been completely sober. Um, which uh, you know, a lot of times I'm not, and that's you see me like really getting into it. It's because like I'm like, so there are times when I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do the suspension. And it's probably going to suck. And I know it's going to suck. But when this certain point in the song happens, I'm going up no matter what. That's my, like, make it or break it point. Uh, so, like, I pick out the song ahead of time. Like, if I'm feeling it, like, I have to be. And, like, so the last time I hung, um, it was uh, dedicated to everyone who's ever been a victim of police brutality. Um, and anyone who's been fucked over by the, you know, the judicial system. Yeah. And, uh, so I chose to listen to Bulls on Parade by Rage. And, uh, I hung from my arms, cheeks, and back with, you know, the acronym is ACAB, which also stands for All Cops Are Bastards. Uh, hanging for so, a cause. So that's, uh, that's why I did the last suspension I did. And, it was like just stay in the park in North Hollywood. And there were like, I don't know, maybe 10 people like gathered around that didn't even know us. Like, what the fuck? This is crazy. Can we watch this? <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you about that. I always see you doing it at parks or by the beach or something. Can you do like these shows to where, to where you get like mass amounts of money where you could just get paid? I mean, I've I think never people been, will pay to see that. I've never been offered mass amounts of money to do it. And I don't do it for money, I do it for me. Right. Um, if someone wanted to offer me a mass amount of money to do it, um, I would have to ask what their intentions were, um, what the performance was for, uh, if it was like going to be recorded and broadcast, um, if, you know, like, so there are some people that recently hit us up. They want, they have some horror series coming up and they want to have suspensions, you know, promoting it coming up. And I was just like, so what it so we've been portrayed as like fucking murdering psychos before. So and that I didn't say it like that. I was more professional, but I was like, what are your intentions in interviewing us? And first off, I'm not comfortable in discussing my techniques at all because I don't want someone going out and trying to copy it and really fucking themselves or somebody else up. Mm. Um I've been doing this a long time. I've been taught by people who really have pioneered the shit and figured the shit out and helped me figure a lot of things out there's been a lot of things that people have figured out with me on me that like i've done a lot of shit that people haven't done before you know suspension wise Ex experimenting on you yeah so um like, how high have you got what's the highest you've been lifted off the ground is there like a is there like a limit you go or like have you ever done something crazy like 25 feet or something or the highest i've been is 40 something feet no shit <laughs> yeah Four, <laughs> did you have something under you or if you fell you were eating shit if i fell i was gonna fall on my head and die 
Oh and, my uh, God, bro. And uh, I started tearing while I was up there. And uh, then they brought me down. And while we were on the stage, it was at, uh, I think the Rose Garden University Theater somewhere in like Oklahoma City. Uh, I think it was called. Uh, it was, I think it was like OSU or OU. It was OU. It was uh, Oklahoma University that we were at. And uh, yeah, I was standing on the stage and in a pool of my own blood. They had to like run backstage to get a trash bag to put around my leg to fucking put around me whenever uh, I was coming backstage to get cleaned up. And they were like, dude, Will didn't fucking have a harness on. And he was tearing up there. And he was 40 feet in the fucking air. He's kind of like, damn. So, like, um, that's when, and, and then um, no one really thought too much of it then because, you know, I'm kind of crazy. But then in 2010, we were at this convention in Dallas called Suscon. It's a suspension convention. Yeah. And two, two people were hanging from their knees on a like a beam, like across from each other. It's kind of like a balancing beam of suspension. Uh, we call it a spinning beam. Um, and uh, one of them, their fucking, their knee tore and they fell on their head. And then the other person fell on their head and the bar hit them and it was fucking all bad. Um, and so we're like, all right, so we're putting harnesses on people that hang from their knees now. Wow. Did you get infections at all from all this? I have never gotten one. Um, there, there's one dumbass friend of mine who hung from his knees and then directly went into Galveston right after the BP spill. Galveston, Texas waters right after the BP spill had happened. Like We were doing suspensions on the beach and we're like, Eddie, don't get in the water. And then yeah. he went and got directly in the water. Yeah, and I mean, dude, there's a lot of fucking parasites in the ocean, dude. Yeah. It was right after the BP spill. You know yeah. what the BP spill the, in 2010? The, the big oil spill, right? The big one, yeah. Yeah. It was like, the Gulf waters are not safe to swim in. It's like, why no. are you swimming in this shit? <laughs> God damn. <sighs> yeah. So, um, before we go, you wrote down something about COVID. Did you want to say anything about COVID before we go? Oh, just, uh, dude, I had COVID twice, bro. Huh? I, ha- I had COVID in November um, um, and in, and in uh, February I had it. I don't know like what to feel or what to say about it at this point anymore, other than it seems like hopefully it might be letting up a little bit and things might go back to kind of like we can do things again. Yeah. Um, so do you believe in it or no? Or do you think it's just bullshit? I, I believe that it was an actual thing that was blown out of proportion to control us. Like it was an actual thing that was killing people and making people sick and the numbers and everything were blown out of proportion. Like if you went to the hospital and like with a cold, you died of COVID. If you went to the oh, hospital yeah. like and had a heart attack, you died of COVID, like that type of shit. Like they were pumping the numbers up. I believe that shit. 100%. I do believe all that shit, but I but I 100% believe that people were getting sick and dying and it is awful. Um, but it's what's even more awful is that governments around the world are using this as new ways to control people. Yeah. And that, so maybe, maybe push it, see how far they can go in controlling that's us. Really, that's what really, really makes me sad. They're going to, 
do every little thing they can to psychological warfare to break us down to make sure that we don't rise up and realize what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, dude. It's it's crazy. Divided and separated. Like, like we worked with Rob. Like, I love that fool. I do not believe in anything that fool believes in, period, at all. But I love that guy. And that's how it should be. Like, he believes what he believes in. As long as he's not hurting me and I'm not hurting him, who gives a fuck? Yeah. No, that's the best mentality to have. That's a mentality everybody should have, bro. Why can't we all just be like that and and realize it's not us versus – it shouldn't be us versus us. It's them keeping us down. Like, they're having us fighting for the crumbs while they got the cake to themselves. Like, the – one two percent got the cake to themselves and like the rest of us are fighting over the crumbs they're like oh yeah well it's the immigrants fault that you guys don't have this and don't have that it's like motherfucker they're just trying to survive and live too like you're the one with fucking a bentley and fucking three houses oh yeah oh yeah just watching people in la in the streets just fucking live in 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 fucking tents and skid row and all that shit they have enough money to fucking fix that bro the rich, yeah. the rich people have enough money to to do that. I mean, there's one guy who built the area that made the little houses for uh, all the bums and shit. But um, hey, you know what? If we didn't make the cops look like they were in fucking like their fucking favorite Call of Duty games and shit, maybe we would have more money for other things like you know, like homeless shelters and fixing infrastructure and like mental health help and shit like that that actually fucking matters. Well, I mean, they care more about sending money to other fucking countries and, and, and their yeah. agendas. They, they worry about their agendas and sending billions overseas or and billions and not everyone, our own fucking Everyone who's got that mentality of like, oh, well, I'm self-made and I didn't need any help and you shouldn't need any help and blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? None of us asked to fucking be here. Not one single person asked to be born so you're born into this world told you have to live by all these rules you have to work a job and like work yourself to death uh, to like make money and save and have a family you're told you have to do all these things like why why can't you just do what you want to do and be happy if you want to be a fucking bum and not fucking work why can't you do that like if if, if my son decided he didn't want to fucking work for the rest of his life I'd be like, damn, this is kind of hard on me, but I love him, so it's it takes a village. So he does other things to help me out, so I'll take care of him financially. You know, like that, that's what being a, a human being is, bro. You help each other out, bro. Like family should help family. Uh, people should help strangers. You know, you see someone needs help anywhere, um, on so the like, street or whatever. Push a guy's so car. Like, you know what I mean? The reason I started smoking cannabis again in 2010, I was driving behind my best friend and his back right tire blew on his car and flipped like right next to me on the freeway a whole bunch i walked up on him like his head's laying on his chest like his neck's broken he was in the hospital for like 15 months like when i went and saw him in the hospital a year later he's like asking me to please fucking kill him and shit like he's like quadriplegic like chewing on his the backs of his hands because he's going insane in his fucking hospital bed like his name was Fliff, and I became very close with his mother after all that happened. So, when she passed, when he passed away, um, what's his full name? What's, his, what's his full name? Arwen. Uh, his name is Arwen uh, Oliveira de Rosa. Um, 
Well, rest in peace, brother. He named him after Arwen from fucking Lord of the Rings because she's a big hippie, and we all gave him a shit about that. Like, ah, you're named after fucking Liv Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... I remember you yeah, told me the story once before, man. It God like, damn. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah, dude, like, it was rough, and, like, you know, everyone knew him as Spliff, so his mom, like, what should have been his 30th birthday was at my house in Houston with people from all over the country that knew him um including his widow um his fucking brother um and a couple of his best friends and like we're doing suspensions and we're all like hanging out and she's like neil i want to smoke spliffs with you today wow so did she do that at all did was that like her first time or she's a pothead she's a fucking okay Okay. but she knew that i didn't smoke pot Right, she, right. It was like today I want to smoke splits with you, and then like ever. You since had to start then, smoking. Yeah, you had to start smoking again. There's yeah, no. Ever since then, I've just been at it, and then of course you know the psychedelics came along with it. Um, I I hate PCP and cocaine. I mean, honestly, if I could do PCP and not be a horrible person and like destroy my body, I would probably do it. But <laughs> does that does PCP cocaine. just? How does PCP make you feel? Because I believe people have a, a weird perception about that. It's a disassociative. So I had a couple out of body experiences on it. Like oh, really? I, was, I was like looking down on myself once or twice on that shit. Oh really? So, yeah, that was some crazy shit. Other so cats, I... other cats keep coming, but my cat <laughs> come back. He's he's on an endless journey here. You know what, dude? I I really hope you find your cat, man. Honestly, you're such an animal guy. That would be fucking horrible. Yeah, my son's really upset because it's technically his cat, and I feel awful, like, really, really, really awful. So, uh, in fact, um, I'm tripping tonight. Uh, I told him I was going to stay up all night and stay in the living room in case she came back. In fact, when we get done with our our uh, chat, I'm going to walk around the complex with some cat food and see if I can't see her. Um, yeah, but so, we- the last time she did this, she was gone for a day and a half. She came back. Like I said, whenever the neighbors moved out, she lived on her own for two weeks. No one was taking care of her. Like So we realized the neighbors abandoned her. My roommates were getting ready to move out. They already had two cats, and they did not like her. So we couldn't like take her in. We're like, all right, as soon as they move out, because every day my roommate, would, like he would go to his car, and the cat would like yell at him like for attention or food or whatever. So... She became Reddit famous on cats who yell. Um, so he fucking, um, we were like, we want to take her in when you guys move out. So we left the door open and she came in and like she became ours. We took her to the vet, blah, blah, blah. But then like she's done this once before. Like, it's got some survival, it's got some survival skills, man. You know, oh, yeah, for sure. And it's friends with, see, that's the thing is like this tray that never would come in the house ever. Because, like, in the house right now, eating this food because the door's been open for so long. Um, that's the stray she's always, like, looking like she wants to go hang out with. Dude, you better watch out, bro. You're going to be the fucking lonely cat man soon. <laughs> you might have <laughs> 20, guy, 20 cats around you at all times. Dude, I just want our cat back. Yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah. there's a good ending to that story. Hopefully. Um, obviously, if she comes back, I will definitely let you know. Um, all right, man. Well, um, dude, you know what? You've got to be 
out of all the people in this country, you've got to be not even a percent, a, a percent of a percent of people are, pro- are probably as unique as you, man. So, you know, oh, you're fun- anybody like me, that's the thing, I'm sure. What's that? People, a lot of people are like, you remind me of my one friend, so and so, that I meet that friend. I'm like, yeah, they're nowhere near as insane as me. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. All right, man. Well, we're going to end it, dude. Um, I appreciate you coming on, man. It was fucking great getting to talk to you, dude. Even if even if I don't talk to you for a year, a two years, bro, just know that uh, you could call me, dude, if you need, you know, you need whatever, dude, some money, you need a shoulder, you need uh, some advice, anything, bro. So Likewise. You need I got to your back. To real fast, get away from something. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, man. So I'm here for you, man, regardless, dude. And uh likewise, bro. I appreciate it. Hit me up and definitely send me the, the link to this. Uh yeah, I'm gonna send you the link and um if you can send me maybe a couple pictures of yourself. Yeah, yeah. And hey, uh I just started you, the Instagram, bro. So it's not like if you happen uh, to get the actual video recording of this, like that would be right. cool. Okay. I'll see if it yeah, I'll see if I can I can fetch it off of here. Should I take one more dab before we go? yeah do it let's do it do it for uh your boy you were just telling me about and uh it's for split it's for pete it's for buddha it's for josh Schwartz. it's for the many 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 fallen homies many 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 and the older i get there's just gonna be more amen brother i'm fortunate that i'm still here i'm fortunate that i've got to see my son turn 18 he's about to graduate high school start college congratulations just got him his first job working with me we're uh, working for this uh concentrate company that's uh really really sought after um it's going to be mutually beneficial for all of us uh, that's where i was today uh, that's why i got home so late because we wanted to make sure we had stuff ready for all these Orders that I promised people would be ready to go by the weekend. Yeah, it sounds like you sold a bunch of shit, man. Jesus. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Um, so because of my crazy looks and people knowing who I am, like people uh, when they come from across the country to buy glass, um, enjoy hanging out and session with me for the most part. Not everyone, you know, but like for the most part. Um, and most of us, you know, if they're like good people. We vibe, we kick it. Um, they're like, whoa, like that's cool, that's ain't it? Meet meet new people and getting to yeah, that's someone we want to like do like like glass sales and whatnot with and trades and whatnot and other things. So like it works out well. Yeah, exactly. Um, like I said, this this rig I'm about to hit right now, I'm babysitting uh uh yeah i was high and i never even yeah i'm babysitting this this is somebody else's rig i met them at the 420 show they've been wanting to meet me for a long time they've seen me on instagram we met at the 420 show at this gallery that we're both friends with the owner and i was like hey so i'm i love uh bluegrass uh glass he makes lava lamps um so i have a lava lamp rig that they're really sought after um the one i have like i got custom made for my birthday last year uh by them obviously um so bluegrass and his uh, prep person jade they're both really amazing people and made sure i got my birthday present so he's babysitting that while i babysit his gym 
Yeah, there it is. Look at the UV Ooh. on that shit. Shit's fucking nuts. All right, cheers. There it is. Smoke with nail. Badass dab. So in the end, I don't care what god or gods or no gods you believe in, what your skin color is, who you love, how you vote. As long as you're not a thief, rapist, not out there hurting people, you're not a cop, then you're all right by me. Hey, man. If everybody thought like that, the world would be a better place, dude. All right, my brother. You enjoy the rest of that. Uh, God bless you. <laughs> well, not God bless you, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, <tell Satan. laughs> Take care, bro. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you uh, hopefully sooner than later. Okay, bro? Hell yeah. Talk right, to you love, soon. Love bro. you, brother. Peace. All right. Love you too, man. Later. Later.